we start most jobs, we are told how to deal with dangerous situations, no matter how unlikely the event might be. Whether that is a fire, a violent situation or a break-in, it is important to be prepared, but most of us luckily will never have to deal with these threats. One man back in 1987 was not as lucky. He entered his work to do a night shift but was never seen leaving. It would later be found that a major theft had occurred in his workplace that night, but was he part of a criminal enterprise or a victim who just so happened to stumble across a dangerous situation? Let's uncover the unsolved disappearance of Dale Kerstetter. Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of Uncover True Crime Podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a different unsolved true crime case, ranging from missing persons, unsolved murders, Jane and John Doe's and suspicious deaths. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on Instagram at uncover true crime pod. Without any further ado, let's uncover the unsolved disappearance of Dale Kerstetter. Dale was born on the 7th of March 1937 in Pennsylvania, where he stayed for most of his days, barring a brief stint in the Air Force when he was younger. When he left the Air Force at 21 years old, he got a job working as a journeyman at Corning Glass Factory, where he would continue to work for the next 27 years. His dedication to his job can't just be measured in his length of service though, as he had performed a heroic act during one of his shifts. He saw forklift filled with propane tanks roll under a steam of hot glass and without even thinking, he ran into the forklift and drove it away before it had a chance to explode and cause an accident that probably would have claimed the lives of around a dozen people. Although sadly, no matter how much you love your job, it doesn't always love you back. The factory was going through some major changes in 1987, was in the process of being sold and they had laid off many of their employees. Dale wasn't fired but he had been given a substantial decrease in pay, forcing him to take on overtime shifts as a nighttime security guard. He was understandably unhappy about this, and although he was due to retire the following year, he was somewhere around $35,000 in debt, and I can only imagine the stress he must have been feeling, as his pension probably wasn't going to be able to cut it through such a rough financial time. His life consisted of much more than just work though. He had six children, and although he and their mother Nancy had divorced years earlier, they had a good relationship. His son Al said this about his father, quote, He was just a great father. I mean, there wasn't a kid in the world who wouldn't want to have him as their dad, unquote. He was described as a kind and generous man. I think the best example of exactly how generous is that when a co-worker was injured on the job and unable to work and support his family, Dale would bring them food and give them money to help them in times of need. By all accounts, a great man, worker and father. That's why it's so bizarre that when he disappeared during the course of a robbery, many people didn't believe that he was the victim of foul play. Many thought that he was an accomplice. He arrived at his work for a night shift at 11pm on the 12th of September 1987. He was meant to check in with a member of staff at the check-in desk every hour, but he didn't check in after midnight. The staff on the desk that night was new 
and not completely familiar with the night shift procedures. If he had been, it's likely he would have made an effort to check on Dale. Day shift staff member John Lindquist arrived at 7am to start his shift and relieve Dale of his duties, but Dale was nowhere to be seen. Although his lunch pail, keys and newspapers were all found in the cafeteria, John commented, quote, He usually sat right inside the door and he wasn't there. So I walked into the cafeteria and I see his lunch pail sitting on the table. I happened to pick up the newspaper and there are the keys. So I looked in his lunch pail and I see that everything is there. He hadn't eaten." Unquote. He initially assumed that Dale had fallen ill during the night and had gone home, when his car was found to still be in the car park outside the factory. The car keys were still in his car, as was his cigarettes and an empty gun holder. I initially thought that Dale leaving his keys in his car was significant, but his daughter Penny said that this wasn't unusual and that her dad would do this regularly. Bradford, the city where Dale both worked and lived, was very small and in 1980 it had a population of just over 11,000, so it's likely he trusted his car would be safe unlocked overnight. However, much has been made of the fact that he left his cigarettes in his car. It's possible that he merely had forgotten them and was on his way back to his car when something happened to him that led him going missing. I personally don't think we can gain a lot from this as no matter what happened to him during this shift, he probably wouldn't have left them in the car deliberately. What I find more interesting is that the gun was missing from the holster and according to most sources it has never been found. And along with there being no signs of foul play or a struggle in the factory, there is also no sign that a gun was fired either. Dale was reported missing at 5pm on the 13th of September and police would attend the factory to look for any clues as to where he might be. They brought in sniffer dogs, which traced Dale's steps around the factory. The dogs led police to the glass furnace on the second floor, which was not an area of the factory where Dale would usually be during his shift. A few days after his disappearance, his supervisor decided to check CCTV cameras to see if the video could shed any light on his disappearance, and he found something shocking. Not only was a member of his staff missing, but as was $250,000 worth of platinum. The footage showed a masked man entering the factory. He was seen near the glass furnace and at some point he ran into Dale. They engaged in conversation and walked around the plant together, although it's unclear whether the man was threatening Dale or demanding anything of him as police have only ever released a still image of the footage, an image of Dale looking straight into the camera. I'd be interested to know what Dale's demeanour was like in the footage. Did he look scared or calm? Did the masked man have a gun or did he make Dale give him his gun? This would be great to know as it's interesting that Dale would have had a gun on him come face to face with a masked intruder and not use it. It's totally possible that the man overpowered Dale or that Dale was too scared and froze before he had time to respond. The man who entered the plant stole $250,000 worth of platinum from the furnace, which explains why Dale's scent was detected in that area. I am unable to verify the next piece of information, but I wanted to include it as I found it very interesting. Apparently, as the company was going through some changes at the time, some of the machines were not in operation, including the furnace. If the furnace had been on, I would imagine it would have been impossible to steal all that platinum as it would have been way too hot to remove. Did the masked man know this? I personally think it's likely that he did. I know that this was a small town, but if you wanted to rob a business in the middle of the night, 
a glassworks factory probably wouldn't be your first choice, unless you had inside knowledge of metals that would have been easy to access and to steal. The masked man was later seen wheeling a large bag out of the building and Dale was nowhere to be seen, leading people to think that Dale was also in this bag. Whether or not Dale was alive in the bag is up for debate. CCTV cameras wouldn't be installed outside the factory until after this incident, so we don't know what vehicle the man was in or what direction he went in when he left. Police haven't revealed a description of the masked man. I understand the lack of a sketch. CCTV images in the 80s weren't very good quality and as he was wearing a mask it would have been impossible to make out any of his facial features. But surely they would have gotten an idea of his weight and build from the footage. Also, I've been stating all the way through this episode that the suspect is male. We actually don't know that for certain. All sources I've read state that it is a male. However, this might just be habit. Most people describe unknown suspects in true crime cases as male, even if we don't know for certain. I imagine that $250,000 worth of platinum would have been rather heavy, so maybe people believe it was a man as a woman might have struggled to carry all of that metal. However, some women certainly would have been able to do this especially as they were seen wheeling the metal out of the factory, not carrying it. In 1987, one ounce of platinum was worth $591.76, so $250,000 worth would have weighed just under 12 kilos, so it wouldn't have taken a vast amount of physical strength to put it in the bag, depending on how the platinum was broken up. Was it in lots of little pieces, or was it like one big bar? We don't know. Another thing I am curious about, is the role of the man in the check-in desk. I couldn't find out any information about him or any statements he'd given to the media or the police. He worked out of a command centre in New York and yes, he was new and didn't have good knowledge of policies and procedures, but the local police station was only one mile away from the factory. If he'd just alerted someone to the fact that Dale hadn't communicated with him, maybe this case would have been solved by now. Also, if this was an inside job, surely the masked person in the factory would have known this. Hell, they probably would have driven past the police station on the way to the factory. They would have known that they would have to be very quick in order not to raise suspicion by Dale not checking in. This would have taken a lot of planning in order to not get discovered and apprehended by police as they wouldn't have known that the alarm wouldn't be raised until later on that morning. Personally, I believe that for a robbery to be this planned and thought through, the culprit must have had inside knowledge of the factory. There is far more speculation than fact in this case, and right now, without any concrete evidence, we are left with our theories as to what truly happened that night. There are two big theories in this case, that Dale was a victim of a robbery and kidnapped and killed to keep him from going to the police, or that Dale was in on the whole plot. Dale was in dollars to $40,000 worth of debt at the time that he disappeared, so he would have had motive to steal the metal, although there are ways he could have done this without going missing. As a security guard, he could have agreed to turn the other way, purposefully being in another part of the factory when the man entered in exchange for a cut of the money. This would have been very easy, I think, as he wouldn't normally patrol near the furnace anyway. He was only six months away from retiring, so many wonder why he would have gone to all this effort to rob the place. However, I don't know if the debt he was in, or at least the extent of it, was common knowledge to his friends and family. The stress and pressure brought on by debt can be crippling and it can lead people to do things that their loved ones would never expect of them. 
It's possible that he was becoming anxious about his retirement, maybe his pension wouldn't have been enough to clear the debt, or that the decrease in his income had led to the debt becoming larger. Although, on the Trail Went Cold podcast, the host Robin states that his debt was merely in relation to loans on his vehicles that he was making payments on. It wasn't like he was on the brink of bankruptcy and needed to find the money fast or anything. He also had six children and grandchildren that by all accounts he was close to, so why would he leave his family just for a financial gain? Don't get me wrong, it happens, but it seems to go against everything we know about Dale. The man everyone liked, the man who put his life in jeopardy to save countless others, the lovely person who had a good relationship with everyone, even his ex-wife. None of his family believe that he did this, and they are steadfast in the belief that he was an unwilling victim in the robbery. Police haven't stated their belief either way, which means that they are probably keeping an open mind. I would like to hope that they would very quickly tell the public that Dale wasn't a suspect in the robbery if they are certain of his innocence, but also, if they are convinced he is a suspect, why is there not a warrant out for his arrest already? It seems that they are just as puzzled as the rest of us, but one man who has no doubt at all as to what happened that night was his boss, Patrick Foley, who told the media, Quote, the first thing I saw was a masked man in the back of the plant in the one area. When I saw the masked man on tape, I was very alarmed. At first I thought, there's been some foul play, Dale's been involved in foul play and is probably missing. Then I saw Dale come back and meet this masked man in the back of the plant. I had a very empty feeling in my stomach. I said, what on earth? And then as I continued to review the tapes, I saw the masked man come out and go up to the tank area, then I was extremely anxious because at that time I realised that not only do we have a missing employee, there is a good possibility that we have missing platinum in the plant. Whoever removed the platinum from the tank was extremely familiar with the plant, everything in the plant, they knew exactly where to go. I think the fact that he did everything in front of the cameras was once again just Dale Kersitar saying to us, quote, look, Hey, here I am, I'm taking your platinum and there's not a thing you can do about it." Unquote. This is a very interesting stance for him to take towards one of his own employees, who had been very loyal to the company even after having his job changed, which resulted in a decrease in pay. He makes note of Dale looking straight at the CCTV camera and people are divided on what this means. Was he looking at the camera, terrified and silently pleading for help, or was it a smug screw you impression aimed to infuriate the manager and the police? As we only have a single image of this moment, it's hard to tell, although I'm sure police and Patrick Foley have a better idea. My current job, and most of the jobs I've had previously, have had CCTV cameras in the premises. If I, touch wood, was at work and confronted with a robber who was about to take me hostage, I'm pretty sure I would have looked straight into the CCTV as well. You never know how you would react in such situations until you are in them, but looking at the camera, knowing that someone will eventually view it, might be your only chance of pleading for your life desperately hoping that someone will find you. I think it would be stranger for him to look at the camera if he was involved. It's not been noted anywhere that he made any kind of gesture towards the camera, so I'm very curious as to why Patrick is so certain that Dale was in on it. I agree it was likely an inside job, but what about an ex-employee or someone who had visited the plant for another purpose, able to stoke out the place well enough to know how he or she would pull it off? An insurance scam of some kind, perhaps? This is pure speculation, 
but if this was insurance fraud, pinning the whole thing on Dale would be a very smart move. I wonder how much effort they've put into finding the other person involved while they're trying to smear the reputation of a long-serving employee. Obviously, he would know all the potential suspects better than us, but given the fact that a slender 50-year-old man was the only person in the factory at the time of the burglary, and that the masked man was only seen on CCTV three times, it doesn't seem like this heist would have been too hard to pull off. Also, the factory had laid off several of their employees right before the robbery, so I'm sure there are plenty of people who would have had more of a grudge against the company and would have needed the money way more than Dale did. The owners of the plant were so convinced of Dale's guilt that they contested a court petition filed by Dale's daughter Wendy to have him declared legally dead in 1990. Dale had a son under the age of 18 living with him at the time of his disappearance and Wendy wanted Dale's pension and life insurance benefits to go to him so he could have the best start possible, but she was unsuccessful. Usually, a death certificate without a body is only issued seven years after someone has been missing and in order to have one issued before this time, they need to have compelling evidence that that missing person is in fact dead. The judge told Wendy that she had denied her request because she, quote, had failed to prove by a fair preponderance of the evidence that her father had met with a specific, life-threatening peril and because less than seven years had elapsed following his disappearance." Unquote. He was apparently declared legally dead in 2014, but all these years later, police seemed to be no further forward on who entered the factory that night and what exactly happened to Dale. There is so much speculation online as to whether or not Dale was involved and whether or not he is living in secret somewhere. But people seem to forget that regardless of Dale's involvement, there was another person in the factory that night. We know for a fact they are at least partially responsible for that robbery, and I think the only way of finding out Dale's role in this either way is to identify that second person or to find Dale. Right now, I believe he deserves the benefit of the doubt unless we can prove otherwise. There is nothing about his character that would lead us to believe that he was capable of this, and and while he was indeed in a lot of debt, so are many people, but most of them don't rob their workplace out of more than six times the amount they are due. His family do not deserve to read all these unproven and unfounded accusations about him. They deserve closure and to be able to bring him home. Dale was a white male with brown-grey hair with a receding hairline. He stood at 5 foot 4 inches tall and weighed 130 pounds. He was 50 when he disappeared and as of April 2020, he would be 84 if alive today. If you have any information on the robbery or Dale's whereabouts, please contact the Pennsylvania State Police on 814-938-0532. All photos and sources relating to this case can be found on our blog at uncovertruecrime.blogspot.com. That's everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.